you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Off by Gronkowski at the 40-yard line of the Baltimore Ravens. He's slow to get up, guys. Yep. Yeah. He's limping. Rob's doing better, so we'll just have to see where he is today. Uh, I think he's making improvement, getting better every day. Yo soy fiesta. <laughs> if you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live, featuring the experts of NFL.com. Manning back. Goes back in the end zone, and it's caught by Manningham for the touchdown on the post. Now, Michael Fabiano. Yo soy fiesta. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, Series 210 XM87. I'm Michael Fabiano, joined today not by the lover boy, Elliot Harrison, who is doing some dil- uh, due diligence in Indianapolis with NFL.com Live, but I am joined by Marcus Grant, our NFL.com fantasy editor, who takes care of anything and everything fantasy related here at NFL.com. Marcus. Welcome to the show today, my man. I'm excited to be here. You know, uh, I, I I don't know that I can replace Elliot Harrison. I just want to be like him when I grow up. You do, yeah. We all want to be like <laughs> Elliot Harrison when we grow up, and you know, date six foot women. If you saw the yeah, show, I caught that last last week. week. I did catch that last week. He had the question of whether or not you would date someone who was significantly taller than than you were, and. Um, my response is, if Brooklyn Decker wants to date me and she's way taller than me, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Well, I mean, not to, to rag on you, but you're, you're not the tallest guy around. I'm 5'8". So the... Listen, I'm Italian. <laughs> the Italian people are vertically challenged for the most part. Uh, unless you're – you remember Dante, Cal- Cal- Dante Calabria, uh, Calabria North from Carolina? North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, not a lot of tall Italian people. I'm, I'm like trying to scour my NBA Rolodex for, for Italian guys, and it's uh, – I'm, I'm – Kevin Silvestri, another, because I, I follow North Carolina basketball, and he was another Italian guy who was tall, but there's not a lot of us. But no, we make up so for it in other it, ways. Well, you got, you've got Danilo Gallinari and uh, Gallinari's another Bargnani. one. That's, that's, I'm, I'm pretty much drawing a blank beyond that. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, listen, this is our last show uh, for the foreseeable future on, on Sirius XM. So we want to go out with a bang. Uh, you can call us, 888-963-2682. We'll be taking your fantasy questions throughout the day. We're going to have our final fantasy cantina, uh, at least of this NFL fantasy season. And we'll also have our fantasy Jeopardy segment again, which we had last week, which a lot of people enjoyed. So we're going to bring that back. Marcus, this week, will play the role of Elliot Harrison, playing the role of Alex Trebek. So we'll have some great topics there. And I think what we want to start off with today, of course, is the big game in Indianapolis, Super Bowl 46, the New York Giants and the New England Patriots, and the big topic of conversation, and it definitely spins fantasy, is the subject of Rob Gronkowski's health. Has that high ankle sprain. He came out yesterday, media day, did not have a boot on that on that ankle. And for all intents and purposes, I think he's going to play. How effective he's going to be is going to be the real key, and it actually could, Marcus, end up being the story of why the Patriots couldn't beat the Giants 
in this game if that's the re- direction it goes. Well, there's no doubt that, that Gronk is going to play. Short of him having that foot amputated, yes. he's going to be on the field on Sunday. And it is a question of what he can bring to the table for that Patriots offense. Here's the thing. He very well could end up as a decoy, which we saw a couple times later in the season. And, and, you know, Bill Belichick certainly loves to tinker with things. For all the attention paid to Gronkowski, not only this week, but all season long, Mm -hmm. that leaves ample opportunity for Gronk to end up as a decoy and Aaron Hernandez to somehow be the the, the center of attention uh, come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and Gronkowski is, listen, he's coming off the best season ever for a tight end, ever. And we actually had a lot of that where... This, this league has just gone so far into the direction of passing the football that you saw three guys go over 5,000 yards this year, and prior to that it had only been two ever. Uh, you saw Rob Gronkowski score 17 touchdowns, 18 if you count that rushing touchdown he had, well over 1,200 yards. He actually outscored every single wide receiver in fantasy points, not named Calvin Johnson. So if Gronkowski is out there as a decoy, Listen, Aaron Hernandez could actually end up being a better fantasy option for the NFL Fantasy Playoff Challenge this week. I'm starting Gronkowski. I started him last week. And, of course, everybody knows my team went the way of Alderaan a few weeks back when the Saints (laughs) lost because I had every Saint, basically, in my roster. And I still argue and contend that if the Saints didn't turn the ball over, what, five times against the 49ers, whatever whatever it was, was, and I know you're a 49ers fan, so you're going to say... Tisk tisk this, but <laughs> if they hadn't turned the ball over that many times, they win that game. They host the Giants in the NFC Championship and beat them handily. I really think they beat that team handily. Giants would have just matchup issues all over the place against the Saints. Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way, and the Patriots and the G-Men are, are our Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you. If if the Saints don't give the ball away so many times, there's no doubt that they win that football game. They almost won as it is with, with all those turnovers. I want to go back to something you were talking about with Gronkowski, though, and the playoff challenge, because it brings up a little bit of a quandary, I think, for a lot of players this week, because I'm one of those guys who jumped, well, I jumped on the Jimmy Graham train, yep. kind of like you with the Saints, mm-hmm. but after that, I've been all about Gronkowski, right. so... You look at this week, and it's hard to go away from him because you want those multipliers, the double or triple or even quadruple points if you started him from the beginning. But there's also the issue of how healthy will he be? Can he play? Is Aaron Hernandez or maybe even, you know, who knows, Jake Ballard or Bear Pasco uh, a better option? It, it leaves you something to I, okay, I, maybe not. But I, I know you're getting it, a little crazy okay, there, Marcus. Maybe not. But it, but it does leave you something to think about this mm-hmm. week with with Gronkowski's ankle. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think for me, I've got him getting double points this week. But I'm probably going down to game time. I want to see what happens. Is he out there in pregame warm up? So listen, I think he's going to play. And if he's active, I don't know how I don't play Rob Gronkowski uh, based on the fact that I'll be getting double points. I'm out of it anyways. Once right. the Saints got beat, that was the end of my run. I was looking good. Uh, when Graham scored that touchdown against your Niners, only to have Alex Smith become reborn as Joe Montana for that final series where he slinged the ball into Vernon Davis in between about three defenders. I was going to give him Jeff Garcia at best. No. Uh, <laughs> he, that, that was an unbelievable, unbelievable drive uh, by Alex Smith. So, But let's keep the talk about Rob Gronkowski going. And even further than just this Sunday at the Super Bowl, and what his fantasy value is going to be for 2012, I get a lot of people on Twitter asking me if Gronkowski deserves to be the first uh, tight end taken in the first round, I think, ever in a fantasy draft. I can't listen. I, I mean, and I've been doing this for a long time. 
I can't remember a tight end ever being considered for a first-round selection, if not a second-round selection. Maybe Antonio Gates in his salad days, people were talking about him maybe being worth a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, clearly. But a first-round pick for a tight end, man, I'll tell you, maybe it's just me being old-fashioned, or maybe I'm, from a fantasy perspective, a glass-half-empty guy when it comes to somebody who goes off and has a gigantic season, but I can't take Gronkowski in the first round. I can't take him in the first round. I'm I'm more of a skeptic. I'm that I want to see you do it again sort of guy. That's how I am too. And what he did this year was phenomenal. There's no arguing that. But one, he plays in a system with a, a another very good dynamic tight end. Mm-hmm. He plays for a head coach that certainly doesn't believe in, in keeping things status quo and likes to change things up. I mean, we've said before, it's kind of a, a staple of fantasy football now. Bill Belichick hates your fantasy team. So just when you think you know what he's going to do, he's going to do something different. Plus, yeah. now after a full year of watching Gronk on tape, other defensive coordinators have something to game plan for, have yep. something to scheme for. And you better believe the teams are going to try to take him out of the game plan next year. So I can't see him as a first-round pick. I wouldn't be surprised. I would almost advocate him being the first tight end off the board, but I don't know no that he, he duplicates what he did, did this year. And people have to remember out there, we are in a society that we, we, we have that sort of Instant gratification, what have you done for me lately mentality. And in fantasy football, you can't have that with every player. Okay, you can have it with Aaron Rodgers. You can clearly have it with Arian Foster and Calvin Johnson. Can you have it with Michael Vick? Going into this season, I argued no. (laughs) Because everyone was all over Michael Vick. He had this incredible, magical season. He had that gigantic game against the Washington Redskins on Monday night where he scored like 49 fantasy points. And I saw him go off the board in the top five in a lot of 2011 drafts, and the people who did that were shaking their head all year long. Yes, he had some good stat lines, and yes, his point-per-game average in fantasy was terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but Vic didn't live up to that. And the same thing is going to happen, I think, with Rob Gronkowski. If Gronkowski comes out next season and has 78 catches for 1,000 yards and, say, 9 to 10 touchdowns, that's a great season no from doubt. a tight end. No Was doubt. he worth a first-round pick? No. No way. I just don't see that. And I have been the running back guy for years and years. <laughs> back to my days at CBS. Ever since I joined the NFL, which has been five years ago now, I have always advocated, go running backs early. You can get a good quarterback in the middle rounds. And you know what, Marcus? That is still the truth. But the fact of the matter is there are so many question marks at, at, at running back right now. After Foster, McCoy, Rice, and maybe Maurice Jones-Drew, is there a running back out there that you're willing to take a chance on ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Drew Breezer, Tom Brady in an NFL that is completely favoring success statistically at the quarterback position? I say I can't. No, I can't do it. It's hard to. And on the surface, it's a counterproductive argument. You, you look and, and everything points to quarterbacks, receivers, and in some cases tight ends being those money guys in leagues. And so it would seem that you rush and you grab those and you wait on running backs. But you have a great point in that because there are so few upper echelon guys and they're becoming fewer and fewer feature backs – that it's hard to wait on them and not know who's going to be there later. And tight ends kind of fall into that quarterback category in a, in a lot of ways. It used to be 
my draft strategy was if you don't get Gates, then just wait. Now, you know, if you don't get Gronkowski, if you don't get Graham, okay, yeah, that that hurts a little bit. But there's still guys like Vernon Davis, Jason Witten, Aaron Hernandez, Tony Gonzalez has had a resurgence in the last couple of years. So even if you don't get one of those top two tight ends, you can get a guy who's still very, very productive. You can't say that about running backs. I mean, once guys like Rice and McCoy and MJD are off the board, uh, it gets to be slim pickings after that. You want to know the guy that I love in 2012 at tight end Mm. is Fred Davis. Mm. If the Redskins part ways with Chris Cooley, especially if they part ways with Chris Cooley, I am going to have a big fantasy man crush on Fred Davis next season. Does it hurt your soul to say that about a Redskin? It does, but I am... (laughs) Listen, as a fantasy analyst, I'm unbiased. As a football fan, I hate the Redskins and I hate the Giants and I'm rooting for the Patriots this weekend, but that's a whole other story. But Fred Davis, to me, is a guy who can put up not Gronk numbers, not Graham numbers, but can he have 75 catches, 1,000 yards, and 6 to 8 touchdowns? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. Of course, a lot of things have to sort of even themselves out in red in redskin land. Are they going to get a quarterback in the draft? Are they going to go after Peyton Manning? Uh, and Manning's another topic that we're going to talk about today, Marcus. What happens in red, in redskin land with that quarterback position is going to be part of Fred Davis's determining fantasy value, but I love him. I love him next season. And if I don't get Gronkowski or Graham in the second round, which I'm probably not going to do because I'm going to go after that elite running back in round one, of which there's three, maybe four. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get one of those guys, then I'm going after the quarterback in all, for, for, uh, in all likelihood. But at tight end, if I get a Fred Davis in round, boy, six, seven, yeah. I'll take that all day long. People forget that he was on pace to have over a thousand yards receiving this year. He had seven ninety six and he played in twelve games, then he got suspended and didn't play the final four. He is a name to watch out for, there's no doubt about that. But I don't take Gronkowski in the first round. I think he's gonna be a second round pick. The same with Jimmy Graham, second round picks for both of those guys. But again, fantasy owners, it's all about the future. It's not about what happened in the previous year. And that's why I don't love Marshawn Lynch next season. <laughs> You've been all about this Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you have because been he sucked for how many years between Buffalo and Seattle? Warning people about Marshawn Lynch. But this is what I did last year with Michael Vick. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is my 2012 Michael Vick. Let's put it that way. I told people last year, yeah, Vick was fantastic. Is he worth the first-round pick? I thought Aaron Rodgers was the only quarterback worth a first-round pick, which I was wrong because Drew Brees was clearly too. But... I just didn't like Michael Vick's prospects of duplicating what he had done in 2010. It's the same thing with Marshawn Lynch. What did he do? 11 touchdowns in 12 games or 11 games in a row, whatever the case was. The guy was an end zone machine. That's not happening again in 2012. Look at Dwayne Bowe last year. He had a stretch of games where he was scoring touchdowns like they were going out of style. And Bowe ended up the second highest scoring fantasy receiver on NFL.com behind Brandon Lloyd, who was another guy that I was warning people about. You don't get that happening two years in a row. You don't get that happening maybe more than once in your career. Marshawn Lynch is coming off the season of all seasons. He will never duplicate that touchdown total again. And I'm telling you, if you take him in the first round, you're going to regret it. I feel a column coming on. I mean, you could have like your oh, Michael there will be more than one column like that for next season. I have always <laughs> warned people about the magical season, always, and it doesn't always come to fruition. Uh, God knows I'm not always right, but <laughs> that trend 
is interesting to me. It's just very interesting to me. And and Vic comes up, and Brandon Lloyd comes up, and Dwayne Bow comes up. Um, I mean, honestly, Marcus, Chris Johnson comes up. Chris Johnson, after he rushed for 2,000 yards and had that monstrosity of a season, he was fantastic. The next year, he rushed for, what, 1,300 yards, had double-digit touchdowns. I think he had 10 or 11. Good year. But people were disappointed in it because they were so used to him putting up gigantic numbers week in and week out. The same thing is going to happen with Lynch. The same thing is going to happen with Gronkowski. I like Gronkowski a hell of a lot more than I like Marshawn Lynch, but Lynch scares me. Well, the difference between, say, Lynch and a guy like Chris Johnson, Johnson is a guy whose game is predicated mostly on speed. He's a guy who can get to the edges, who can beat you down the field, who can rip off long runs at a time. Didn't do a lot of that this Mm -hmm. year, but he's that guy who can do that. Marshawn Lynch isn't that guy. And I think Marshawn Lynch made a lot of hay, certainly fantasy-wise, thanks to that run against the Saints in the playoffs a couple years ago. I mean, it got a a lot of attention. So much was written about how it caused an earthquake in the Seattle area yeah, from fans yeah. cheering. I mean, hey, he even got a, a special Tecmo Bowl YouTube video based on it. But I think people kind of looked at and overrated what that meant for Marshawn Lynch. Heck, it worked out for folks because he had a, a very good year. You mentioned the 11 games in a row he scored a touchdown. But I, I'm with you. I was skeptical of Marshawn Lynch last year. I'm skeptical uh, of Marshawn Lynch coming up this year. And, you know, He's another guy who you look at that Seattle offense and you just don't really – you're not overwhelmed by anything there. And they weren't particularly great this past year, and so far they've done nothing that leads you to believe they're going to significantly upgrade what they have. And if Marshawn Lynch is the only real weapon, there's no way he comes close to duplicating what he did this year. All right, we're going to talk about Marshawn Lynch, Peyton Manning, a whole heck of a lot more. We're going to have Matt Money Smith on us uh, with us in the next hour. I'm trying to get Elliot Harrison to call in, too. But he is probably chasing around supermodels in Indianapolis right now. Can we just now. call him and, and, and bust up whatever he's doing? I could time? potentially do that. But, hey, guys, 888-963-2682. We'll be taking your calls and more after this break. Ready out of the shotgun. Looks to the left. Looks to the left. Fires to the left. And it is a spectacular catch in the end zone. <laughs> what a catch by Rob Gronkowski. He laid himself straight out on the near side and caught the ball just before it hit the ground. A spectacular catch for Gronkowski. NFL Fantasy Live brings you all the access and information from the NFL Network right to your radio on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Elliot Harrison and Michael Fabiano. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, Series 10X on Media 7. And uh, you know what? Elliot Harrison's not here today. Marcus Grant is filling in for Elliot. I can pretend, though. Who is in Indianapolis right now, chasing around supermodels, um, looking for hair gel, something. Uh, there was actually uh, a segment today on NFL.com Live, guys. And if you want to check out what's going on with my pals Dave Damashek, Adam Rank, Jason Smith, and... Mr. Harrison, you can go to NFL.com, check that out. Um, there was an interview that they had done with, with uh, Pat McAfee, the kicker, the punter mm-hmm. for the Indianapolis Colts. Right. It was a little weird. I have to check that it out. Was I a little know it's, weird. It's archived. I can go back and, yeah, and look I, at it. I have to check that I, out. I, I, would, I would check that out. It's a little strange. Um, <laughs> I, I thought they were maybe flirting a little bit. I don't know. And Damashek picked up on it, too. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but... Uh, Definitely check that out on NFL.com. And actually coming in, we heard Warrant. Today is Janie Lane's birthday. Okay, all right. It's Janie Lane's birthday. Unfortunately, he passed away last year from some sort of alcohol 
issues. Actually, passed away in, I think it was Woodland Hills. I know, somewhere in, in the Los Angeles area. Yeah. Or Sherman Oaks or somewhere yeah. like that, yeah. So, uh, happy birthday to Janie Lane, who is now, ironically, in heaven. I'm guessing that's a warrant reference. Oh, Marcus. Come on, you're talking to the wrong guy. Marcus. You're talking that to was the wrong one guy. Of the, that was their hit. Okay. That was their hit. I only know Cherry you know Pie. Rob that's and like Trevor, you guys got to find that. You got to find that for Marcus because you're going to know what the song is when you hear it. Probably. I know I'm going to get an education in 80s hair metal or hair rock music. Let, let me remove myself from my disappointment from Marcus's knowledge <laughs> of 80s hair bands and go to Nori in New York. Who has a question about Rob Gronkowski? Nori, welcome to NFL Fantasy Live. How you doing, guys? Big fan. What's up, pal? Not much. Uh, talking about Rob Gronkowski next year mm-hmm. and uh, drafted him. Uh, I drafted him last year in the fifth round. and ended up winning my league, and the guy who I went, went against in the in the finals had a uh, Drew Brees and Jeremy Graham, and I ended up beating them. But next wow. year, you really think they're going to go uh, that early, as opposed to like I mean, Lashawn McCoy and guys like Ray Rice, obvious first rounders, and some guys are falling off, but these young tight ends are now going to be moving up. You really think they're worth a second-round pick, early second-round, uh, uh, early third-round pick? I think Gronkowski and Graham are both coming off the board in the second or third round. I think the reason is, number one, we've talked about it so much all year, the NFL has become a passing league, and passing records are being broken left and right, and receiving records are going to start getting broken left and right. And you're seeing huge wide receiver type production from a couple of tight ends, at least Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham. I mean, after that, there's a huge fall in terms of fantasy value. But we mentioned that Gronkowski actually outscored every wide receiver in fantasy this year outside of Calvin Johnson. And Jimmy Graham would have been in the top five among wide receivers in fantasy points had he been ranked among that position. Now, if I'm in a 10-team league, there's no way a tight end's coming off the board in the first round. I say late second round, it'll be Gronkowski, middle to late. Third round, uh, we're talking about Graham, somewhere in that area. But you always have to remember, there's always going to be somebody in your draft who is going to buy into the Gronkowski effect and that he scored 18 touchdowns. He had over 12, 1,300 passing uh, receiving yards. He was a monster. And the running back position is so questionable for 2012 that... And I'll ask you this question uh, right now, Nori, is if you're in the second round and you've got one of the first four or five picks in the second round, you've taken a quarterback in the first round, and your running back options are, let's say, Marshawn Lynch and Frank Gore and Steven Jackson and Ryan Matthews, guys with question marks, are you going to take one of those running backs instead of going after what a lot of people consider a, a sure thing in Gronkowski? And I'm guessing Nori is no longer on the line with us. I will say that when when it comes to tight ends for next year, okay, that's, oh there he hey, is. There. There. I would just say keep your emotions in check because this seems like prime real estate for a very early tight end run in in next year's drafts. That Gronkowski comes off the board, followed closely by Jimmy Graham, and that's when you get owners who who tend to start panicking. And then, you know, you go from Gronkowski to Graham, then suddenly you've got Hernandez as an early third-round guy, followed by Gonzalez or Witten or Vernon Davis. When Gronk comes off the board, and he will come off the board early in some drafts, Mm -hmm. this is when you kind of take a deep breath and you hold on and you realize – don't start overreaching for something that may not be there. So, Nori, you're, are you still with us there? Yeah, I'm here. 
What round will you take Gronkowski next season if he's available? Hey, next year, if I have a 10th round pick in a snake draft, my first two picks, if I can get them, would be Brady and Gronkowski. So, first and, so you're saying second round Gronkowski? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the guy's numbers are out there. And I, and I just had a question for you guys. Do you think Calvin Johnson puts up his numbers again that he did this year? Again, I always temper my expectations, even with the elite superstars. He can do that. Everything went right for that team. Stafford stayed healthy. And, and there was what, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was about a four or five week stretch where Megatron was struggling. Teams were double and triple teaming him, and I was getting people asking me whether or not they should bench Megatron. I remember that distinctly, <laughs> and I have to go back and look at the numbers. But there was a four- or five-week stretch where he struggled, but then he came out gangbusters at the end of the year. He was actually the most owned fantasy player on championship teams on NFL.com, which is not a shock because the last couple of weeks of the year, he was an absolute beast. Can Calvin Johnson go for well over 1,500 yards again and double-digit touchdowns? I think he can. I think Calvin is the only wide receiver that's worth a first-round pick in fantasy drafts. Nori, thanks for the call. Now we're going to go to Corey in Toronto. Corey, you're on NFL Fantasy Live. Yeah. What's going on, man? I got a quick question today about uh, Gronkowski, another topic. So okay. I, saw your tweet, I saw your tweet, and I was looking at it, and I do think he is a first-round pick for many reasons. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at statistics-wise, receiving touchdowns and receiving yards are two major contributors to a fantasy point. So that's one thing I do definitely agree with you on. And a uh, second question I have today is what do you think Chris Johnson's biggest issue was this year? I picked him second overall, and it was just a complete bust for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, I think I think it was sort of the, the domino effect. You had the lockout. You had a holdout on top of the lockout. He comes in, and again, you've got, you've got Mike Munchak in there. Uh, and there was there was some issues I think with the offensive line. They need to improve, upgrade. They got a little bit more cohesive as the season went on, and we saw that with CJ's numbers. But his numbers, when they were good, were almost always against bad teams. And the fact of the matter is, Chris Johnson is what twenty six. He's a young running back. This is a guy who's had one bad year in his career in the NFL. Is there a chance that he's one of these guys who got paid and got lazy? Potentially. But I can't see Chris Johnson being this bad again. And when you see the question marks at the running back position, and there are a line of them, I think Chris Johnson is going to be worth a second-round pick in 2012. I don't think he's worth a first-round pick, but I think you're going to see him at OTAs. He's going to have a full training camp. He's going to have preseason although he probably won't play much in preseason. It's going to be back to normal. Football players are creatures of habit. And back to the norm for CJ2K in terms of his preparation, I think that's not going to do anything but help him. He has a really tough schedule. Uh, I've been breaking down the Fantasy Points Allowed ratings on NFL.com, and those will be posted over the next couple of weeks. And he's got the worst schedule among running backs. He's got a real brutal schedule. But... I still think because he's a featured back, because he's done it before, and because of all of those exterior sort of intangibles with the holdout, with the lockout, with everything else, that it was kind of the domino effect. I think he improves in 2012, Marcus, and I do think he's going to be worth a second-round pick. 
Uh, I think he is too. I, I think I think the first thing to remember is that that 2,000 yard season, when his career is said and done, that may be the outlier in all of of his career numbers. But he's a guy who I think is still at his core, still good for you know somewhere around 12 to 1300 yards a season. Can somehow can can still put up uh, you know eight to ten touchdowns uh, a season. I mean, he is that kind of guy. He has that kind of ability, and I do think having a full off-season's worth of workouts is going to do him some good. It would also help having Kenny Britt back next year yep. uh, when the Titans figure out what their quarterback situation is going to be, whether it's going to be Hasselbeck for another year or if they're going to hand the reins to Jake Locker. Mm-hmm. That settles some things down in that offense. But for everybody who was disappointed by Chris Johnson this past year, I would just say to take a deep breath and give him another shot next year because I don't know that it's going to be as frustrating as it was this past season. Corey, where are you taking Chris Johnson next season? Where I'm taking Chris Johnson, I would honestly still pick him in the first round. No Mm -hmm. other running back has the velocity of Chris Johnson, the quickness of Chris Johnson, sorry. So honestly, I believe he is a first-round pick to date. And uh, a lot of running backs have bad years. But, you know, Chris Mm -hmm. Johnson is a great... Uh, enthusiastic nature about himself, and I do think he's going to come back stronger than ever this year. All right, my man, thanks for the call. And another stat that you want to look at with Chris Johnson, the four touchdowns is what killed you. He had over 1,000 rushing yards, but he also had only 262 rushing attempts. That is the lowest number of rushing attempts that he's had since his rookie season. And something that might surprise people out there, he actually had a career high in both receptions and receiving yards last season. So he was more involved in the passing game than ever. Uh, He only averaged 7.3 yards per catch and his yards per carry was down to 4.0, which was a career low. But again, at 26 and with so many, and he is going to be part of the question mark at the running back position. He is going to be (laughs) part of it. And again, guys, outside of the top four and can Maurice Jones drew rush for another 1600 yards with Blaine Gabbert slinging the ball. I mean, we have to see about that too. He is. I think Chris Johnson uh, and Jamal Charles and Matt Forte and Ryan Matthews and, and those kind of guys are going to be the ones that will be the most worth the risk when it comes to the running back position. I think one of the, the key numbers you, you talked about in there with Chris Johnson is th- that receiving number, the 57 receptions he had this past year. And when you look next year at the running back position – I mean, look at the guys you mentioned in the top handful, uh, the top tier of running backs. Guys like like Maurice Jones-Drew, guys like Ray Rice especially and Arian Foster. Not only is their value great because they run the ball so mm-hmm. effectively, but because they catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is a PPR guy, was a monster this past year. Yep. And so when you have a guy like Chris Johnson who may leave you scratching your head a little bit, take a look at those receiving numbers. Take a look at how that guy is used in the passing game because those guys who can catch the ball become a lot more valuable, whereas a guy, say, like Michael Turner, who is not known as a receiving-type running back, maybe you drop him down your draft board a little bit because, one, he may lose some of those catches to a guy like Jacquez Rogers next year, and then on top of that, I mean, Turner's certainly getting older. He's turning and he 30. As effective. He's hitting that, that dreaded Turner 30. Turner scares me, man. The he dirty 30, me. man. It's, it's a different world when you hit 30. Yeah, uh, well... I'm going to be 40 in a, in a couple of years, man, So, but I'm not a running back. But here's here right now at running back is my top 10. Uh, I'm leading off with Arian Foster, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Arian and I are friends. We, 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 chatted, uh, we chatted last year, and uh, 
also we talk on Twitter back and forth uh, a little bit when he's uh, when he's around. He is the number one guy. I've got McCoy two, Rice three, Jones Drew four, and the question marks start after four. Ryan Matthews, great upside. Can he stay healthy? Matt Forte, Mike March is no longer in the mix. Is he going to hold out over the contract? Chris Johnson, great talent, had a bad year. Marshawn Lynch, can he do it again? Nine, Jamal Charles coming off an ACL. And number 10, DeMarco Murray, who I think could have a breakout season. But again, this is a guy collegiately who had injury problems in last year. What happened to him? He ended up on injured reserve because of an injured ankle. And guys, we're going to pick up the running back talk after this break. Again, 888-963-2682. This is NFL Fantasy Live. rock bands and fantasy football are a match made in heaven you are listening to nfl fantasy live on sirius xm fantasy sports radio welcome back to nfl fantasy live i'm here with marcus grant i'm michael fabiano nfl.com fantasy editor and we are in the middle of our first hour of the last show of 2012 for NFL Fantasy Live, and we were talking about running backs before the break, and I had just given you guys my top 10 running backs. I'll go through it again. Arian Foster, 1. LaShawn McCoy, 2. Ray Rice, 3. Maurice Jones, Drew, 4. Matt, uh, Ryan Matthews, 5. And this is where you get into question marks. Matt Forte, 6. Chris Johnson, 7. Marshawn Lynch, 8. Jamal Charles, 9. And DeMarco Murray, 10. Now, a guy that I want to talk about off that list is Jamal Charles. And Jamal sent me a tweet a couple of weeks ago when I asked him if his recovery is going well, and he said he thinks he's going to be stronger and faster than ever before. And the good thing with Jamal is, and there's a couple of good things to like. Yes, coming off of an ACL injury is typically a statistical death sentence for running backs. Typically it is. Uh, For the most part, you have some trouble there. But Jamal hurt himself in the second week of the year. He's had the entire season to start that rehab. He'll have the entire offseason to strengthen, both mentally and physically, uh, to get back onto the playing field. He's got a great schedule, if you look at the FPA rating, where he is facing not only the AFC West, but he, he has got some real, real good matchups in 2012. And I think, yes, there is that looming ACL injury and the surgery hanging over his head, but I think Jamal Charles, after... Everything is said and done if we're talking about Richard Mendenhall and we're talking about Adrian Peterson, also guys who are coming off ACLs. I think he has the best chance to actually be somewhere close to what he was before the injury. Now, Phil, we're going to go to the phones and take a call. Phil from Michigan, you're on NFL Fantasy Live. How you doing, Phil? What's up, man? How you doing, Fast? I'm doing well, my friend. What's up? Uh, one of the running backs I like the most uh, going into 2012, I have to say, is Ryan Matthews. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, if you're in the mid, mid to late, you get a first-round pick, He, uh, a lot of people might be down on him because, you know, the guy has a, he has a, a tag for being injury-prone, and I know yep. he's missed yeah, six games in two years and everything like that. But with the strength of schedule and, and Norv returning, that was the big thing with him for me, is if, if Norv is going to be back and in him being mm-hmm. a third-year player and everything, I feel like he'd really be able to thrive. Now, listen, I am right there with you, Phil. And if you remember, I, and I was completely wrong last season, I loved Ryan Matthews. I was saying this guy is worth a first or second-round pick. North oh, yeah, Turner's got Right? Uh, yeah, and you probably So If I burned you, I apologize. <laughs> but, see, I, Phil, I was one year, I was one year off. I was too optimistic. 
And this past year, and I wouldn't call it a breakout year, but he certainly had a very good year. But I think a breakout year could be in Ryan Matthews' future. Again, the one, the one issue with him is the injuries. He's always nicked up. You know, Mike Tolbert is also in the mix. But let's take a look at the opponents uh, of right. the San Diego Chargers. Right. First of all, of course, you've got the Raiders. They couldn't stop the run. You've got the Chiefs. They couldn't stop the run. Uh, you've got the Broncos, who improved not terrible against the run, but certainly not elite. Now, they do have to face the Ravens and the Bengals and the Steelers, tough matchups. But you've also got to play the Cleveland Browns out of the AFC North. You also get to play the Buccaneers, who were just awful. They gave up more fantasy points to running backs than anybody. They play the Titans, which is another defense that really struggled. They gave up a lot of fantasy points to running backs as well. The Saints were not good against the run from a fantasy perspective either. So I think Matthews, while I'm not taking him ahead of Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, uh, uh, Calvin Johnson, I, I'm right there with you, man. If you're in a 10- or 12-team league, I think he's worth a late first-round pick in a 12-team league and an early second-round pick in a 10-team league. Um, which running backs would you take over Matthews? You know, uh, you, you've got the big four, and it's Foster, McCoy, Rice, and Jones-Drew. And right now, my friend, that's it. I Listen, Matt, I want to see what happens with the situation in Chicago with Matt Forte. Mike Tice is the new offensive coordinator, and he loves to run the football. This is not going to be Mike March's offense where he's going to be throwing passes out to Forte constantly because if you remember last season, a lot of Forte's value was yardage. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns before he injured that knee. Tice is going to run the ball. There's no doubt about it. But if the Bears franchise forte or they don't come to some sort of contractual agreement and there's a holdout well i'm scared to heck that it's going to end up being chris johnson all over again or steven jackson all over again or larry johnson all over again but right now ryan matthews is my guy at number five at running back and him not swinging out to the flag catching all these catching all these passes that wears him down too and not having a versatile back is obviously obviously a great thing especially with Fox yep. and McCoy and those guys but yep. the wear the wear and tear that's something uh that's something that's appealable too if he's just running the running the ball a lot more exactly and listen Matthews he had 50 catches last year he had 455 yards receiving he had yeah. uh over 1500 scrimmage yards his touchdowns were mediocre with six but and you bring up another good point Phil with the with the North Turner aspect of it now, listen, if you talk to Adam Rank around here, my pal from NFL Fantasy Live, he'll rip North Turner all the way home. But North Turner has had a lot of success with running backs in his career. Okay, let's go back to Emmett Smith. Okay, Emmett Smith is Emmett Smith. <laughs> I was, I was okay. waiting. <laughs> but, yeah, I had to mention that because I, I need something to smile about as a Cowboys <laughs> fan at this, at this point in the season because they are out of it. Lamont Jordan had his best fantasy season under North Turner. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore had his best fantasy season under Norv Turner. Ricky Williams had his best fantasy season under Norv Turner. And Ryan Matthews is a guy, again, if he can stay healthy, I think he could have a breakout year. So uh, I am right there with you, Phil, with Ryan Matthews. I think this is a guy who's going to be a late first rounder, early second round pick, and a guy who has a lot of breakout potential. Phil, thanks for the call. I would say a lot of, of what Matthew's uh, value is next year also is tied to what happens with Mike Tolbert and, and yep. whether or not he sticks around San Diego long term because that was the guy that made a lot of people nervous about Ryan mm-hmm. Matthews. Yep. That, you, know, you didn't know if Tolbert was going to get those goal line carries, if he was going to be the short yardage back, that sort of thing. If 
the Chargers believe that Ryan Matthews can withstand the rigors of a 16-game schedule and decide to part company with Mike Tolbert, then that value does go up because, as you mentioned, he can catch passes. He is a good quality running back if he's on the field. You'd like him maybe to get the, that fumble number down a, a mm-hmm. little bit. He's, he's lost five fumbles each of the past couple seasons. But if he can get that down and he can stay healthy for, for 16 games, then I think he becomes a solid number five behind the rest of those guys. All right, guys, we're going to take a break here. But again, the number is 888-963-2682. We'll continue to talk running backs. At the top of the hour, we have the Fantasy Cantina. We'll have Matt Money-Smith from NFL Fantasy Live and Petros and Money on uh, later on in the show. Stick around. This is NFL Fantasy Live. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. We're back on NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius 210 XM 87. Marcus, do you okay, remember that I, song? I, I do recognize this tune, yes. Listen, yes. Uh, now how, you're what, 32? 34. 34. Yes. So you're not that much younger than me. No, I'm not. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I can see, you know, maybe back in the day, you were rocking out to a little bit of uh, you heaven. Know, you're, you know, maybe you got an old girlfriend that you played the song. Do you remember when we were younger and mm-hmm. we would make mixtapes? Yes, of course. For girls. And right. we thought that was the most romantic thing in the world. Hendel, you probably still do this, right, with the mixtapes. But now they're mixed CDs. Is that how you pick up women? Is that what you do? No, yeah, so I just hand them out like business cards. <laughs> right. So, I listen, I My made mixtapes. I made mixtapes, and I guarantee heaven, and I remember you. And Did you tape the songs off the radio and have to, like, stop it before the DJ came on I to used talk to, about it? You know what's funny? I used to have all the cassette tapes. Okay, I don't know where the heck they are now. My mother probably has them in an attic <laughs> or they've thrown away. But I had the cassette tapes, and I, I'm just such a perfectionist when it comes to just everything that I do, and it drives me nuts when I mess things up. I would have to like have one finger on the play button, one on the record button, on the blank tape, <laughs> and it would have to be the, exactly the right time so there was no click or no sound in between the songs. And I, I went to Iona College, a newer show in New York, for a couple of years, and I, was, I had a radio show. It was called The Symphony of Destruction with Michael Fabiano after the Megadeth <laughs> song. I had the, I had the long hair like, like Bon Jovi in the Keep the Faith thing. I had the whole Joey Lawrence thing from Blossom going on. Whoa. Okay, that's what, uh, my friends would not say, hey, Mike, what's up? They would go, whoa, <laughs> because I had, I had the flannel wrapped around my jeans with all the holes in them. And I had the, 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 you know, the flannel on top and the hair going. I had earrings in both ears. I mean, I, listen, I was, I was a sight <laughs> to be behold. I'll tell you right now. And I almost guarantee that you made a mixtape for some little lady someplace in Northern California. But it didn't have any – while you were listening to Warrant, I was probably more listening to, like, Jodeci or Boys to Men. Uh, it was a different okay. one. Oh, okay. Okay. Six Degrees of Joey Lawrence, by the way, uh, as you were – Dressing like him and looking like him. Yeah, I actually had a class with him my freshman year of college. Where at USC? We, it was a a cinema class, and it was just kind of a blow off cinema class. And you know, well, like, that's why he took it. Probably right, so he took it. And funny story, he was on Jay Leno one night and talking about how he's a freshman in college and he's taking this really hard cinema class, and it's so difficult. And so mm-hmm. the next week, the teacher comes in the class and he he starts the class by saying, and I quote, "During your career here at USC." You will take a lot of difficult classes. I never again want to see one of my students go on national television and say that this is the most difficult class they're taking. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So that's my Joey Lawrence so, story. F- right. I have a Joey Lawrence story, too, actually. How the hell did we get to Joey Lawrence? I have no idea. You guys can blame me, but we're going to talk about it, all right? I was at uh, a Mercedes dealership in Van Nuys, mm-hmm. California, which is where I bought my car, and I was just going for a routine oil change. And I'm waiting in the, in the, in the waiting room, and I see this guy walk in. Who the heck is that? You know, I couldn't I couldn't put my put my finger on who it was because he was completely bald, like Jason Smith bald, yes. Yes. like Sebastian Janikowski bald. <laughs> she was bald, Jerry. She was bald. He was bald. Okay, as this, as the day is long, and I kept looking at his face. I'm like, that's Joey freaking Lawrence. Where the hell did all his hair go? I don't know, I think he maybe shaved his head. I'm not I sure. He, I think he was losing it, and so he just, you know, pro, he, he prevented so, the inevitable. Just shaved and it. I, God, I wanted to go up to him and be like, whoa. <laughs> I wanted to do it, but I, I, I just couldn't do it. All right, let's get back to the fantasy world and stop talking about Joey Lawrence. This is what happens when Harrison's not here. Okay, this is what happens. We actually get into Joey Lawrence conversations instead of talking about his girl problems. Okay, and Harrison shouldn't have a lot of girl problems being as uh, being as pretty and handsome as He's that. So nice is, to look at. Is that guy? He is. I'm telling you right now, him and Pat McAfee. There was something going on there. They, maybe it was just because they both have good hair. But uh, that that listen, that's that's either here nor there. Let's get back to the running back position here and talk more about guys that. Do we want to take our chance on him in the first round or in the second round? Do we want to pass on him altogether in 2012? And again, the number to call in is 888-963-2682. Marcus Grant and I are here to talk running backs, take your fantasy calls. If you've seen Joey Lawrence someplace in Southern California, call in and let us know about it. <laughs> After the top 10 guys, and I think DeMarco Murray is a breakout candidate in Dallas, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Cowboys homer. He just showed me something. He really showed me something. It's the injuries that I worry about. He hurt the ankle. He was injury-prone in college. I did meet DeMarco here at NFL Network, and he's got that Adrian Peterson handshake. He will break the heck out of your hand when he shakes your hand. And I'm not worried about Felix Jones being being in the mix there, but um, DeMarco to me is somebody who has the upside to be a top 10 or a top 5 fantasy back in 2012. I think he absolutely does. I worry more about Jerry Jones than I do about anybody else oh, on that don't roster. Bring up Jerry Jones, well, only because please. he seems to have so much influence over the rotation that he could decide that somehow he doesn't like DeMarco Murray anymore and it becomes about Felix Jones again. But if he gets the opportunity, DeMarco Murray showed at the end of the season he has the ability to be a consistent fantasy back. I mean, he was putting up major major numbers. Uh, and we've got to take another break. On the other side of the break, it's time for the Fantasy Cantina. Marcus Grant, You'll it's never your... find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. It is your first time in the Cantina. Call us, 888-963-2682. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 